I am Colorado State University Extension horticulture agent, Linda Langelo, and joining me today is Jim Klett, Extension Specialist, Landscape Horticulture, College of Agriculture, Science Department of Horticulture and Landscape Architecture. Now let's get to the heart of it, where we are exploring the CSU trial gardens. Hello, Jim, good to have you today. Yes, it's glad to be here uh, to talk to you about the trial gardens. Yes, I am uh, still working, even though I officially retired on January 1, but I have a lot of projects to do and working on a transition uh, with uh, my replacements that are here. That's great, that's wonderful. Can you tell the listening audience a little bit of the history of how the garden came to fruition? Sure, uh, Linda. The the gardens, the trial gardens were started back even before I came here in the late 70s at our old uh, Plant Environmental Research Center, which is now where the football stadium is. And it was one small section uh, of the Plant Environmental Research Center where we had some annual flower trials. And uh, my predecessor, Dr. Ken Goldsberry, started that. And it was a small trial, maybe 100 to 150 or so different varieties that we would just put in. And it was part of our overall horticulture program. And what happened then is, as a lot of people might know, the floriculture industry in the state of Colorado changed considerably. It was for years, we were known as the carnation capital and cut flower, roses and things like that were being grown in the basically 50s, 60s, 70s into the 80s. But what happened is a lot of that went offshore and a lot of the greenhouse uh, production of cut flowers then kind of disappeared. And these greenhouses were looking for other alternative crops. And a lot of the ones were starting to sell bedding plant starts like vegetables and so forth. And they saw they could make quite a bit of money uh, selling these starts. So the research up at CSU and with the at that time, it was the Colorado Greenhouse Association said we ought to start doing a little more research dealing with bedding plants. One of the reasons is that Colorado, of course, is known for its sunshine and low humidity. So it's a great place to trial plants. So the industry then came to CSU and said, let's expand the annual trial garden or our annual trials. Consequently, we expanded it some over at the Plant Environmental Research Center to some extent, but then it kept growing. And then the industry said we needed to find a more visible spot and also expand the trials with their support. So consequently, there was this 2.8 acre park right along College Avenue, which was by the old Fort Collins High School, which essentially the university had purchased for the University Center for the Arts. 
So uh, back then in um, the year 2000, uh, actually was the first planting, but the work that first came about was we put in a tunnel underneath College Avenue to have very good access basically from the west campus now to the east campus. Consequently then, it started in 2000 with just a couple beds and it has grown considerably since then to be basically now in the top two or three uh, trial gardens throughout the United States. How was it developed? Well, we had a campaign essentially to raise money because we had to do some infrastructures. We had to put in an irrigation system. We had to put in a drainage system. Uh, we had to improve the soil in the area. So there was basically a campaign through the Experiment Station Extension and our industry partners to raise close to a half million dollars to get the site up that we could do basically a trial garden. And one of the most important things in that is that we were able to put in an irrigation system where we would able to put different amounts of water on the different beds that we could then do research also looking at water requirements of the plants. That's amazing. That's an, that's an amazing history. And do you have an idea of, you know, how many annuals and perennials that you're trialing through all those beds? Because, you know, when you, when you see it, it's, it's huge. It's a huge garden. And I, I remember at your retirement party, that somebody said it's probably one of the largest trial gardens in the country now. That's true. It's the, that site uh, where the annuals are is about 2.8 acres. And last year we had in the 2022 season about um, 1,200 different varieties of annuals. And also within that, we have the All-American selections, since we're both a trial garden and a test garden. I'm one of the two judges in the state of Colorado. And we also have there, that represents about 25 different companies from around the world, both seed and vegetative companies that cooperate with us at CSU. I like to also say that they're really uh, is the 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 garden is kind of self-supporting because these companies then pay an entry fee depending on if they put them in the ground or in the containers or in both. And that gives us operating dollars to hire the students to maintain the garden, plant, maintain it, and also help in all the record keeping and so forth to get this information out. The Growers in the state and the region want to know which are the best varieties that they could grow, and that's why we do this trial garden. And then that information in the fall goes out to the growers, because after we determine our best ofs, which is in the first part of September every year, that goes out. And then we also have um, the information go out now in the spring 
to the gardening public, uh, that they can also be more successful gardening. So about uh, 2000 to about uh, 2010 or so, we did annuals out there mainly, but some of the companies started to send me perennials. And I have an advisory committee that meets uh, twice a year, and they were thinking, well, maybe we ought to do a perennial trial, not just an annual trial. So there was this garden right on the west side of the Center for the Arts, we're in this park. So what happened is we started to do three-year perennial trials right next to the Center for the Art Arts there, and that has grown. Now, the three-year perennial trial is a lot different than the annual trials because it's for three years, two winters, three years. The annuals are just one season. So consequently, we get uh, those and we plant them and we look at survival rates over three years and then we take data for three years. And then after that, if we have some that have high survival data and also a good um, rankings from flowers and fruit and everything else, they will become our top performers. So the perennial trial is really a, a very rigid trial because it's two winters, three growing seasons. If they make it through that and have like a 90% survival rate and have like a 90% also for flowers and growth habit, and disease and insect resistant, they're pretty darn good perennials. Versus in the annuals, it's just one season that we look at. And the way that that's determined is we have an annual evaluation day, which is in August, where basically this past year, we had probably about 200 plus people where they would revolt if they had to do all 1,200. So that's about 200 that they have to do. And the 200 that they do, then we're able to, we have Wi-Fi out there. Most people do it on their cell phones or on their tablets. And then we tabulate that. And if they get, again, a high ranking, then we'll, if we have 10 or more, like 10 or more geraniums, we'll pick uh, the top three. And those three then we'll take a look at in September to make sure they really are the best. And if they are the best, then we'll pick one of those that is the best in September, and that'll be our CSU best geranium for 2022. And then we always have like our best to show, best new variety, because of that 1,200, 400 to 500 of them are new varieties every year. So it's amazing what these companies are always introducing. The varieties that you probably saw 10 years ago probably don't exist anymore. They're all been improved and new especially in the annual area. It's amazing how they keep coming up with more and more of these. So the perennials is a little more extensive, the annuals. So, and of that 1,200, um, only about 200 or 250 are seed varieties. The rest of them are all cutting varieties. And we start to get the cuttings here 
in Colorado in our greenhouse that we grow, basically in starting in first part of uh, March to the first part of April. And then they grow in our greenhouses here on campus. And we try to grow at least maybe 24 of each. And we try to plant out 18 to 20 of each variety, two rows of nine or 10 that we'll plant out uh, each year. And those are grown in our greenhouses now, which are over on Center Avenue. And then the seed varieties, I wish we could grow them, but we do not have the chambers to germinate all the seeds here on campus. So I work with the industry people. Uh, there's two or three growers that will grow a flat of each of the seed varieties. And they come up about the first week of June. And, you know, they do it at a very reduced cost for me to get a flat because, um, again, Oh, and we just don't have the space actually in our greenhouses to be able to do both the seed and the vegetative. So we get all the seed varieties coming in there. So we get to try to get these all starting to be planted then mid to late May to early June after a frost date. Like last year, we were after like the 22nd, we had a really cold freeze on the 20th. So we didn't want to plant loose things or have hail or anything like that. So consequently, uh, that's about when we plant. And we're very fortunate to have Master Gardener help uh, from both Larimer County and Weld County that come to help. And this past year, we had five planting days where we got most of everything in the ground uh, that way. And then the master gardeners, we have a little barbecue or something at lunch after they get done planting uh, for about half the day. So it takes a lot of coordination. You might say, too, we try to put like all the petunias together and we try to do it all like all the red petunias together because the growers and the seed companies and vegetative companies, when they come to campus, they like to look at their red petunia against their competition. So consequently, uh, we do that, but we never put petunias in the same bed. We also, we rotate the beds all the time just because we're afraid of um, various soil-borne diseases. The other thing is, is we group these plants by water requirements. Uh, we have, like I mentioned, we have different solenoids for each of the different beds that we can put different amounts of water on those beds. So we then come up with some that have a half inch to an inch to an inch and a half. Uh, we, of course, in the month of June, they need a little more to get things started. And then about the 1st of Jul July is when we will then uh, start those water treatments. And then you might ask too, what do we do for fertility and so forth? We are fortunate to have uh, a dosatron or we can put fertilizer in our water and it's all non-potable water that's used out in the trial garden. And we're able to fertilize maybe twice a week. And then we do put a, a fairly low dose of a slow release fertilizer. So everything is treated pretty much the same, both in the annuals and in the perennial trials. That's I'll stop that's, there. That's an amazing. 
Yeah, that's a, that's an amazing process. It's uh, it's more complicated than than people see because when they step onto that two point eight acre park, it's just stunning. Yeah, truly yeah. stunning. And uh, can people go to uh, a website to find that type of information? Yes, we have flower trials at colostate.edu. And we have uh, pictures of all the plants, along with, if you want to get into all the rankings and everything else that we have uh, for that year. And actually, uh, the best doves are shown. And it's not just for the annuals, but it's also for the perennials that we have. And then right now, we have what we call the cool season trial. We have some pansies and violas planted, and they get planted in October, and then we evaluate them like in late March or April. So there's not as many, it's just one or two beds out there with them because we try to have some color in that garden really every month of the year, believe it or not. We, that was part of the agreement with the city of Fort Collins. That park was uh, a city park, and there, how we got that park, it's very interesting, is there was a land swap deal done between the city of Fort Collins and CSU. Um, and this, uh, the, we got this, and the city of Fort Collins got some area south of our Hort Center, which is now the gardens at Spring Creek. So uh, that was a long drawn out process with City Hall and all the mayors and our various different uh, administrators here on campus that we had to go through to get that deed over for a hundred years to the university, that park. So that well, way. That was good luck for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so you, you have a few plant select plants in there as well, don't you? Yes, they're at the annual trial garden on Remington Street. You'll see there's a gazebo that we raised money for, and there's a, a nice patio area. So all around the uh, gazebo area, uh, there are three beds, and that is where we have planted all of the herbaceous plants that are have been entered in the plant select program now for the last over 25 years, that we try to have all of them there and have them labeled. The woody plants are over the only thing left from our Plant Environmental Research Center, which was where the stadium is now, is the Arboretum. And, and there's a section in the Arboretum where we have planted the woody introductions from the Plant Select Program. Well, I'm glad the Arboretum is still going. That's, yeah. that's equally as important. And that's been, you know, that's been years, years and years of, of work. That, that started about 1978. I would say of the old 1,200 tacks out there, I probably planted 11, 1,190 of them. So wow. Over wow. the years that I've been here. And <laughs> there is another area because we lost some of that ground for woody plants, which is now south of the Hort Center. There's another six acres of trees, mainly uh, deciduous trees, uh, a lot of the new cultivars, and it's it's very good for people to go take a look at them because there are a lot further space that you can see their kind of mature growth habit that we have out there. Like there's a lot of maples and a lot of ash and 
So far, we haven't had uh, emerald ash borer yet, but we will be able to see if there's any resistance because we have so many different clones of them out there to go. Well, that, but no, uh, the gardens too now, it's, it's open every day of the year um, during daylight hours and there's no charge. And there is some uh, two hour parking both on Lake Street and on Remington Street uh, there that we worked with the city that uh, people can come and visit that way. If somebody outside of being a master gardener was interested in helping and volunteering, do you accept other types of volunteers? Yes, uh, they just have to sign a form with the university. Over the years, we have had some other volunteers to help mm -hmm. uh, with that. Um, most of them are master gardeners uh, for the planting days, but we have had some other volunteers that just really like plants and they come and assist some of the hourly student work that we have out there. We have an annual trial garden coordinator, a student every year, and then I have one also in the perennial garden too. Now, there is one area that I didn't talk about yet, which we're calling now this whole area, the garden art area of Fort Collins because directly north of the Center for the Arts is our perennial demonstration garden, which used to be over at our Plant Environmental Research Center. And that is about an acre and a half of more formal perennial beds. And um, there you can really see how the perennials look together in kind of European style perennial beds with all the different seasons together in one bed and different textures and heights and widths and so forth. And uh, that also has a student coordinator that helps in the maintaining of that. So it's it's uh, a lot of horticulture, put it that way, and that, that acreage around the Center for the Arts now, which working with the city of Fort Collins, we call it the Garden Art District of Fort Collins. That's really interesting. So. You also have a container garden, correct? Yeah, besides the in-ground beds, so many people today, of course, have balconies or they have patios and they want to know how these plants do in containers. So when the companies send in their uh, reports or their requests for the year, we ask, do you want it in the ground or do you want it in the container or do you want it in both? and then the fees are by that way. So we have containers, we have them in the sun, and we also have them in the shade. And the sun containers, they're all drip irrigated, and we generally put either five or three four-inch pots of plants in there, and they get liquid feed and osmocote also. And we have close to 500 containers uh, there also. and. Uh, we're fortunate, we just, uh, the infrastructure, we just got new containers last year. The other ones lasted 20 years, even though they were a 10-year warranty. So we were lucky that way that they lasted as long as they did. Uh, but of course, uh, we have some of the containers in the sun, and then we have a shade structure, which is about 50% shade. And we, a lot of them, uh, the companies want to see if they're shade plants. But what has happened today, Linda, 
is that a lot of our typical shade plants are now being bred for sun. You know, coleus, impatiens, begonias, all of these. So the number of entries that we've seen in the shade garden has gone down tremendously in comparison to sun entries, but we still get some begonias and impatiens that are more shade and they do very well in there. So we have that um, also uh, as a container and people really wanna see them. And then of course, some of them peak early, some of them peak late too. So uh, uh, if there's always something to see until we really have a, a killing frost. So the garden is probably at its peak, I'd say mid July to the, about the first part of September. Uh, there's about six to eight weeks there when things are at its peak a lot. Um, with that, you never know with Colorado weather when you're going to have a, a late freeze or an early freeze. This past year, we went almost to the middle, uh, to the end of October before we had a really hard freeze here. Let's see. Or if a hailstorm is Storm, coming. Yes, we yes. have had hail. Uh, yes, we've been fortunate. We've had snow. <laughs> we've had all types of weather elements over the years. Yes, quite a bit. Mm -hmm. If somebody were to come to visit, you have a hard time getting through all of that and the Arboretum in a day. There's a lot to see, yes. Uh, you'd have the perennial demonstration garden. Um, you have the three-year perennial trials. And then you also have, of course, the annual trials. Then you can come over to the uh, campus, the West Campus, I call it, by the football stadium for the Arboretum. And then you can go to our CSU Hort Center, which is off of Center Avenue, and you could see all the trees. And then you could also go to the city garden, the gardens at Spring Creek. So you can make a day of it and see a lot of horticulture in Fort Collins that way. Then in everything uh, the, through the university is free and open to the public. There is a fee to get into the gardens at Spring Creek. Correct, way. correct, yes. Well, Jim, you and your students over the years have done amazing work. Uh, do you have anything that's a, you, that you would classify as through all of the years and all of these gardens, one of your best achievements? Well, I think uh, there are a couple things. One is just to have this public garden and to see it uh, grow and become such a vital part of Northern Colorado uh, for visitors. And to see the cooperation that we have developed with the seed companies worldwide, actually, of how they wanna see how their plants do in Colorado and get the records and everything out to them. The other thing, of course, would be the plant select program, just to get adaptable plants out to all parts of Colorado in this region uh, that has been now over 25 years and I've been involved with it since day one. So it's, uh, a rewarding feeling to see how um, horticulture has kind of grown and also the connections that CSU and our department has now joined with industry people and how we've been able to help them and actually kind of see floriculture change a little 
from what it was in the 50s and 60s and 70s to now having this as uh, uh, some of the state-of-the-art greenhouses that are growing bedding plant plugs and everything else that way um, here in Colorado and shipping them basically uh, all around the country and even out of the country, uh, some of this. So the uh, floriculture uh, industry has changed considerably in the last 30, 40 years in Colorado and have some excellent greenhouses and, and growers outweighed also. There's, there's, a, there's a lot of breeding that's been, been going on for, for what, about the last 15 years or so. And oh, yeah. the information that you have been able to collect with student help and is just invaluable. When you stand back and you look at the impact Think about somebody's opening a catalog and it's from a particular company and the information that you've collected, which is accurate, is going out to that homeowner and they're able to, you know, buy the, the proper perennial or annual for their situation. So that's like, that's just it's millions of people. Well, and it's important about university trials because we're unbiased. You know, there are a lot of company trials from the major companies or that way that look at them, but they like the university trial and there's fewer of them in the country today because um, of course, everything costs a lot of dollars to maintain and to do, uh, but they wanna know how these plants do without their extra tender care that so many of these companies will do to make their plants look the best when they have their open houses and so forth. So all of our plants get the same care. And, you know, unless it's a major insect or a major disease that's going to wipe out the crop, we don't really deal with that. So there's very few any type of pesticides put on uh, out in our trial. So that way we occasionally had like a flea beetle attack that would kill all the Cleomies. So we may have sprayed that once, but very seldom do we do that. Well, that's amazing. Well, I, I want to thank you, Jim, for all the work that you've done over the years and uh, have a wonderful time in retirement. And maybe you can come back and chat with me again at some sure. point. Yeah, to and, go. I do want to say that we do have a, a public evaluation day every year, and that's going to be on Saturday, August the 5th. And what we do there is we invite the public and we give them three flags, and then we ask them to put them out by their favorites. And last year, we did it, we had some tours and had some door prizes, and basically, um, I don't know, we had 300, 400 people come and you might ask the question, does the public agree with the professionals of what they evaluate? And the answer is no. That <laughs> <laughs> They like things that are different, maybe more showy color, or, or maybe if they just see something when they start walking and they put all their flags out, it seems like. They really like dahlias last year. So, yeah. We, we were up there last year, and, and you're right. They really liked dahlias. That's the new thing. But, you know, those people, the public, drive the market, right? That's correct. And the companies want to know that, too. They yes. want to know who, what our consumer favorites are. 
and I have to write an article on consumer favorites and then one for the industry favorites too <laughs> that they want to see. Mm -hmm. oh, well, great job. Well, thank you, Jim, for joining me today. And a thank you to the audience for listening. Tune in next time when we get to the heart of the matter on another horticultural topic.